A um, couple of things. I meant to share this earlier. My voice is struggling. Um, I've spent the last two days streaming at one of my children. Um, and so, you know, if, if I, my, I lose my voice totally, um, it's because I'm a loud parent. And so I've used all my energy for that. So just know, just know, just know that that's, uh, that's taking place. Um, but uh, I struggle with control. Anybody in here struggle with control? I struggle with control. Um, sometimes, sometimes I don't trust God. If I'm just going to be real honest, and you may be like, I thought you were a pastor, and um, you know, this is kind of your thing. This is what you do. It is, um, and I am, but I'm also a person, um, right? I'm, I'm weak, and, and because I struggle with control, I struggle to trust God, and sometimes, um, sometimes I struggle because I don't know how he'll move, right? I, I come across things in my life, and I can't see a way out. Um, I can't see a path forward. I don't know what to do, and I don't like that. Um, it, it frightens me and um, it scares me and it causes me sometimes to be frozen in inaction, right? I don't, I don't want to take a step um, because I want to take my step, right? I want to do it my way and I want to see it before I do it because um, I'm, I'm a hands-on kind of person um, and, and it's important for me to be involved in every aspect, but there's certain things where God's called me to step back and to trust him, um, and I don't want to. I don't know how to all the time. And it freezes me again in an action and causes me to withdraw to a place where I feel empowered. And I feel empowered when I'm in control. But if I'm in control, God's not. And if I withdraw to my place of seclusion, um, if I keep my hands on it, I'm not allowing God to take it and, and do what only he can do and do what he needs to do. And I find myself in these places where I ask God, I beg God, and I plead with God to move, um, but I won't let go. I won't relinquish it. I won't give it to him. Um, and he, and he's, he's asking me, Aaron, trust me. And with my lips, I say that I am, and with everything else, I say that I can't. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about stepping out of that unfaithfulness and, and stepping in to a life that's empowered by faith and trust in God. You see, it's easy to allow storms in life to overtake us, right? We, we lose sight of where we should be going and the stress of it becomes unbearable. And these things happen, and, and we want God to do something. But the truth of the matter is, we want God to do what we would do, right? And to do it the way that we would do it. The burden of bills, the weight of our marriage, the stress of parenting, that one really is all in the fields from the past two days. Anybody got teenagers in here? I'm not going to harp on my kids too much, but you guys feel me right, and you're just like, God, do this, smite this person here, and, and take away my child's free will, and God's like, no, you're going to have to trust me. We're going to go about this differently, and, and you know, it just doesn't make sense, and it, it becomes unbearable at times. It becomes hard. And these are just a few of the things that might be looming over you. And you may be asking yourself, will it always be this way? Well, it doesn't have to be. God is good. 
God is faithful, and, and regardless of your situation or what you're going through, um, God may not give you everything that you want. He may not move in all the ways that you would have him to move, um, but he'll take you to a place that's better than you're in now. I mean, that's a, that's a guarantee, right, that he'll move in a way that, um, that leads to a better quality of life and, and a promise of eternity with him, and um, it doesn't have to be this way forever. And so we're going to continue our series tonight, Called Out. Um, and tonight's message is called, titled this, Called Out of the Boat. And so if you've been in church at any point in time, you can be like, oh, great. I know what he's going to preach about. He's going to talk about Peter. And, you know, I am. I'm going to do it a different way and, um, you know, hopefully a different way than you've heard it. But um, I want to I talk about that, being called out of the boat being called out of a life of unfaithfulness again, where, where we only want to trust ourselves and, and being called to a, a faith-filled and faith-led life. And so we're going to start in Matthew chapter 14. And so to give a little context, before we get into the story of Peter walking on the uh, water, um, Jesus had just fed 5,000, right? He'd been teaching and preaching all day. Um, people are hungry. The disciples are like, what's going on? How are we going to feed them? Jesus, man, performs this miraculous sign. I mean, huge feat. And he feeds 5,000 men, not including women and children, so even more than that. Um, and it's just incredible, right? Um, and then picking up in verse 22, it says, immediately after this, so after dinner, right? Everyone's been fed spiritually. They've been fed physically. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, Jesus went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell, and he was there alone. Meanwhile, say meanwhile. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And so Jesus sends them on. He kind of cleans up the mess. He's retreated in prayer. And so the disciples in their mind are far from God. Um, and, um, and in this, they find themselves in a, in a storm, right? Um, heavy waves. They're, they're fighting um, and they're in a place where they're, they're probably thinking, this is life or death, right? I'm fighting for my very existence. And then it says, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. And so, I mean, you just imagine this incredible storm that, that swept over the sea that they're in. It's overtaking their boat. They're, they're fighting. They're, they're not going anywhere. Um, and they see Jesus walking on the water towards them, but in a manner where they're not even sure who it is at first. And they cry out, it's a ghost. In verse 27, it says, but Jesus. Say, but Jesus. But Jesus. I, I love but Jesus moments. Um, because the but Jesus moments, right, the but God moments are, are so beautiful because it's like we have this entire narrative where everything is terrible and overwhelming and we don't know what to do um, because we're not God. And I mean, just in case you were wondering, you're not God and you should stop trying to be. That's my problem, right? Can't be your problem too. Um, but Jesus, but Jesus moves. And he does things that, that I can't do. He does things that you can't do. And it says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. 
I am here. I love that. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. As I was studying for this, you know, it's funny. I never really picked up on this at once, and it's kind of one of those things we don't know for sure, but Jesus was far enough away that he can't recognize them. And I, I've been in storms here in Oklahoma. If you're outside in the rain, um, on the lake, or anything like that, it's loud. And just to have that clarity in the middle of the storm, just a side note that, that Jesus spoke to them in the way that they could understand and hear, even from a distance. He said, take courage, I'm here. And then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong winds and waves, he was terrified. He began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Man, what a burn from Jesus. I mean, if I was Peter, I'd be like, dude, I got out of the boat, right? Everybody, the other 11 are still in the boat, Jesus. And you're, you're bagging on me, but it's whatever. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, and then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. It's funny that they didn't say that after he fed like over 5,000 people. But at this point, it's like, man, he did me a solid. Um, you are the son of God, um, they exclaimed. But tonight, that's the story, right? That, that's, what, that's the narrative. That's the one that you might have heard in Sunday school, um, one that you've, you've heard me preach and teach here and in every other pastor you've probably ever listened to. Um, but tonight, I want to look at three aspects of a faith-filled life that we can learn from Peter, right? Um, what are some qualities, some things that, that Peter had in this moment um, that, that allowed him to do what, what he did, right? Again, there, there was 12 in the boat. He's the only one that stepped out. Um, and though he sank in the end, he's the only one that took a step on water, which is far more than I've ever done. Um, and I assume far more than you've ever done, um, right? And, and so what allowed him to be in that place to experience the power of God in such a significant way? Well, the first thing is this. Living a faith-filled life requires us to focus on the word. Say the word. Requires us to focus on the word. And you may be asking yourself, what do you mean, Pastor Aaron? Um, Peter's in a boat. I didn't know that he had a Bible with him. Was he in intense study there? No, but he was focused on the word, right? He was focused on Jesus. And if we look at John, John 1 through 2, it says this, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God and he existed in the beginning with God, right? And so Peter was focused on the word, the manifestation, the physical manifestation of the word, Jesus Christ. His eyes were on him. In the beginning was the word, right? The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. I don't know about you, but when the darkness of storms has overtaken me, the thing that I want most is light, right? The light at the end of the tunnel that says everything's gonna be all right. And in verse five, it says this, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never, say never, never extinguish it. See, Peter did walk 
on the water, but he walked on something even more important. He walked on the word of Jesus, right? Jesus said, come, and and Peter stepped out on faith, and he walked on the word with the word, right? And if we're gonna live a faith-filled life, we have to keep our eyes on the word. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a physical Jesus with us, but he's left his written word, right? And if we're gonna live a faith-filled life, we've gotta spend time in God's word with God's word. We've gotta walk with it, right? We've gotta walk on it. We've gotta know what it is. If we're gonna push forward in our recovery, if we're gonna fight back in broken relationships, you need to know the word, right? So you can walk on it and stand on it in faith and walk with it in your heart, carry it with you in every situation, every season, every storm, every moment. And Jesus has gifted us. He's gifted us with the the word of life written. We get to carry it with us and know it and cherish it and learn it and study it and, and, and plant it inside of us and know and know that we can stand in faith in its promises and its truth. And Peter was in the boat, right? He was in a place that, that seemed safe, He was in a place that the 11 others didn't ask to step out of. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, call to me. And Jesus said, come. And Peter steps out on faith, on the word, to get closer to the word. And I love that again. Living a faith-filled life requires us to, to focus on the word. Don't neglect time with God. Don't neglect time of study. Don't be indifferent to what God's gifted us with. Study it. Know it. Focus on it. And you may be surprised what Jesus allows you to walk through when you walk with him. A faith-filled life requires us to focus on the word. Peter walked on the word with the word and Jesus is calling you out of the boat in order that you may know him more intimately and trust him more deeply. The problem is the boat is where we have control, right? We know what happens there, but we've got to step out and trust that God can do things that only God can do. And that brings me to point number two, a faith-filled life doesn't force God to operate inside of a box. Faith-filled life doesn't force God to operate inside of a box. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state this to be true. And I don't know, I'm not um, a great theologian or a you know, biblical historian, but I'm going to assume that up until that moment, Peter had never seen anybody walk on water, Right? Just, I'm, just, I'm just guessing here. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess too that none of the other disciples had. And even in all of that, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, call me to do the impossible. Call me <laughs> to follow you in places that I don't understand. He didn't stop and say, how's this gonna work out, Lord? I mean, if you're good, explain it to me, right? Um, Give me, a, give me a breakdown. Let me, let me know the mechanics of this, this feat. Let, let me know, let me know the, the intimate workings of physics here 
so I can step out of the boat on water with you. No, right? He didn't, he didn't place God inside of the box. He, he actually trusted that God was bigger than anything that he could imagine or know. And this is difficult for me. I'm, I'm driven by logic. My wife will tell you, if it doesn't make sense, we can be in any type of conversation. And if she, bless her heart, if she makes a, a failure of logic, she's lost me forever. And my wife is not driven by logic, right? That's, that's not, she's, she's emotional, it, as a lot of women are, right? And, and I'm a man and I lack emotion, right? I'm broken, she's not broken and, and I need to know how things work. And, and sometimes I take that into my relationship with God, right? And she's really good at following God, right? And trusting him because, man, she's like, I just feel that God's gonna make everything great. And I'm like, but how? But how? Like, can he like, write it down for us? And I need to, I need to see a plan and, and I, want, I want the box that makes sense to me. But God's bigger than that. And living a faith-filled life is, means that we're not forcing God into our, um, our, our precepts, you know, our notions of, of how life should work or, or what things should be. Now, I'm not saying that faith is a substitute for wisdom. Don't be ignorant, right? Don't step out and do stupid things and, and, and use faith as an excuse for it. But, but trust that everything may not make sense when God's called you to do it, right? And, and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, call me. And, and the, the trick is with this, that even though Peter didn't step out, um, didn't put God in a box, he, and he stepped out on faith, right? He, he pursued the word of God, right? So the thing that he was called to that didn't make sense, it was at Jesus's command, right? He didn't step outside of God for it. And, and so again, faith, faith-filled life doesn't force God to operate inside of a box. Isaiah 55, eight through nine, um, I love this verse. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God is beyond our imagination. God is beyond what we can see. God's ways are more profound, they're higher, they're greater than anything that we can imagine. There, there's things in my life that, that I've experienced that didn't make any sense. This being one of them. I know I've talked about it, but you know, as Rick says around here, right, it's my source, the only one I have. And you know, when he called me to speak, you know, I, I, felt, I felt like Moses. I was like, God, I, I can't. Like, I get tongue-tied, and, and I'm, I'm scared of people. And, and it didn't make any sense, but, but he called me to it anyways. And then he called me to pastor, and I'm like, but Lord, I'm uneducated. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. Lord, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know these things. And he said, I'm going to call you to it anyways. When, when God called me to, to parent six beautiful children, I said, God, I don't... I don't know how that's gonna work, but you know, he's, he's called me to it. His ways are, are greater than mine, it, it higher. I love that. Your ways, <clears throat> so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so a faithful life again means we don't force God in, inside of a box. We, we don't make him fit our narrative. We trust that 
He can do things that we can't see and that we may not understand. Again, a faith-filled life doesn't force God to operate inside of a box. And lastly, Peter understood this. A faith-filled life realizes that we are called to take action. Say action. Action, right? We're, we're not called to sit on the sidelines. We're not called to be spectators. We're, we're called to be engaged, right, in the things of God, the things that he's called us to. We cannot be paralyzed by storms. We can't be stuck in the boat, right? We can't be stuck in a place where we're always in control. If we're going to live a faithful life, we have to be able to step out into the uncertain and to step into action following God and following the things he's called us to. First Peter 1 and verse 13 says this, so prepare your minds for action. Say action. And exercise self-control. That's important there, right? That, that's part of that thing where, you know, faith is not a substitute for wisdom. God's called us to action, but God's called us to follow the word, right? And, and to understand who he is and, and his character and to know him deeply and intimately. And he said, so prepare your minds for action. Exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Put your hope in what? In Jesus, right? We're called to action. We're called to trust him. And some of you guys have been stuck in the boat for far too long. Some of you have failed to, to let go of your life. And when we try to hold on to our life, we're destined to lose it. And God's saying, the time's now. Right now. Let go of what you're holding on to and, and trust me. Put all your hope in me. Trust that, that I'm bigger. My ways are greater, right, than, than your ways. They're higher than your ways. That, that I understand more than you even can fathom or know. And it's time that we step out of the boat, that we put all of our hope and trust in Jesus. It goes on in verse 14. It says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Say obedient. His obedient children don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do. That's set apart. Holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. Again, a faithful life requires that we take action, that we stop putting limits on what God can do, that as we cry out to him, as we say, Lord, if it's you, call me. That when he calls, we answer, right? That we're obedient. That, that when we seek him in prayer, that, that we know him, we know his word intimately, and we listen to what he's called us to do. That we're not afraid of action. We're not afraid to get our hands dirty, but we pursue him in everything. In a faithful life, realizes that we are called to take action. To prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. And I love, I love Peter's story. I have no doubt that in that moment, pursuing God, none of it made sense. And as scary as the boat was, it was safe. And there was an element of control. And I can't imagine how terrifying it would have been to step out on the choppy sea, having never taken a step 
in your life, in that condition, in anything that resembled that. But Peter realized, he realized that he's called to trust the word, that he couldn't put God in a box, and that he was called to take action, right? And, and in that moment, he was willing to do whatever it took to move in closer proximity to Jesus. And that's what we've got to realize. That's what we've got to do. That when we're called out of the boat, we've got to do whatever we can to get closer to him, to move our lives in a place that's closer to him, put all of our hope and our trust in him. I want you to do this tonight, just right where you're at. If you would, just take a moment, close your eyes, bow your heads, whatever you need to do. And, and I want you... I want you to begin to, to seek God. He, he's calling you out of that place that may be comfortable, right? The, the place of control. The place that's familiar. Maybe he's calling you to something that doesn't make sense. And you keep asking God, just show me. <laughs> Explain it all to me. If I heard, write it down. Give me your game plan. Then I'll follow you. But the thing that he's telling you tonight is, it doesn't work that way. Trust that my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts greater than your thoughts. So just begin to spend a moment with God and, and ask him, Lord, what are you telling me to do? Give me the courage to be obedient. Give me the courage to follow you. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you that, that no matter how messed up life becomes, Lord, um, how great the storm is, the disruption, the disturbance, Lord, we, we thank you that, that you're calling us to something different. Father, that you're calling us out of the status quo and into greater things. And Father, I pray that tonight, you give everybody in this room, Lord, the courage and the strength to answer the call. Father, to step out of the boat and to move their lives in closer proximity and position to you. Father, to be set apart, to live as holy children of God. And trust, Father, that you may not do everything that they want you to do, but Father, you'll do everything that we need you to do, Father, that you'll, you'll meet our needs. And we thank you, Father, for our time together tonight and Lord, for speaking to us as we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Well, James 1, says that we're not just to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so we have some action steps for you tonight. And again, through this whole series, they're the same because these are incredibly difficult. Number one, spend time in prayer, asking God what he's calling you to do and listen. Say, listen, listen for his response, right? Don't just go to God like he's a vending machine, but seek his will. 
for your lives. Number two, verify what you're hearing with God's word, right? We need to stand on God's word, walk with God's word in our heart, verify what you're hearing with God's word. And remember that God will not, say will not, will not contradict himself. So go to the word, go to mature believers and verify because if it doesn't line up with your Bible, it is not from God. And number three, follow him as he leads you out of mediocrity and onto greater works. God is calling you. He's calling every single one of us. The call is not unique to me. It's not unique to the people up on this stage. God has called every one of us to greater works and to pursue him. And in order to do so, we have to be willing to step out of those places that are comfortable, out of those places that are controlled by our sin and our flesh, and step out into places that may be uncomfortable, that may be scary, but that move us closer to Jesus. So where is God calling you to tonight? All of this, all of this starts with a relationship with him. If you're in here and you've never done that, made the greatest decision of your life to make Jesus Lord, that's where it begins, right? That's, we learned that week one of this series, right? That the first and greatest call in our life is ones to become disciples, followers of Jesus. That's where we realize we can't save ourselves where we believe that, that Jesus can because he was God in a body, right? The son of, of our creator, our father, who died on a cross so that we could be saved and forgiven. And not only do we realize he can save us, ask him to save us, but we make him Lord, authority over our lives. And so if that's you tonight, if you've never done that, that's where it begins. We want to invite you and encourage you into a relationship with Jesus tonight. And, and we wanna pray with you. So here in just a moment, we're gonna have some people down here at the front who would love to do just that. They would love to pray with you and for you so you can make that greatest decision, a decision to become a Jesus follower. Number two, maybe you've done that, but you've gotten off track, you've missed it. Man, you blew it. You begin to sink, jump back in the boat, I don't know. But you're like, man, can I have another shot? Heck yeah. And we serve a God of second chances. And so if that's you, if you want to recommit tonight, our same offer still stands. We're going to have some people down front and they would love to pray with you and for you so you can recommit tonight. And then maybe you just have some things in your life that God's been poking at tonight. He's saying that right there. I want you to set that down. I want you to let go of that. That's you. I want to encourage you to come pick up one of these white chips. There's nothing significant about them, right? It's a piece of plastic but there's something significant about when we act in faith, knowing that God will move in our situation. And so if that's you here in just a moment, I wanna encourage you to come pick up one of these chips. And then lastly, maybe you just need prayer. This is a house of prayer. We're for you. We would love to pray with you and over your situation. And so if that's you, same invitation, come down front. So if everybody would, if you would stand to your feet as we close in worship tonight.